it could be. I mean, yeah. beefs are, um, they're, uh, easy to come by these days, you know? Yeah. I'm beefing with like, I don't even know, probably 10 to 15 people right now. Whoa. Yeah. You're, you're beefy. <laughs> I'm very beefy. Yeah. We're very beefy. We're very beefy. Are uh, how how do you settle uh, your beefs usually? Settle my beefs, uh, usually Pepto Bismol. Accelerative thrust. I am Dan. And I'm Eric. <laughs> okay. Oh. <laughs> oh, that was nice. Oh, nice. Actually, you ever have a burp and it sort of leaves a hole inside you after it leaves? Oh, absolutely. Yes. <laughs> like you can feel the absence of it. Absolutely. That has happened to me multiple times. <laughs> multiple times like i've got holes in me all over the place he's a holy man holy I'm man holy dan man. That's holy man dan the holy man dan. oh you know the who we gotta go dan. see holy man dan holy man dan oh hey right <laughs> um dude uh speaking of who you gotta go see i just found out that july 6th raccoon motel in davenport yeah uh the melvins whoa we Wow. Yeah, the Melvins with Helms Lee and uh, some other band. I don't remember what the other band You're is. You're going to go to that, right? But I don't know. I hope so. <laughs> I, I wow. can't make any promises, even on like wow. my favorite big bands these days, man. I can't yeah, make any promises. I get it. I get it. I just, I just, I don't commit to anything anymore. Yeah. yeah. That's my biggest word of advice for people younger than me. Don't commit to anything ever. You know, it's, it's good advice. Unless you really love flaking out. And I do. Yeah, like, exactly. I, I'm, I'm I love it. I always used to actually commit to things and I just can't do it anymore. Um, don't be friends with me. Don't commit yeah. to anything. Yeah. And most and, of my um, friends aren't friends with me because of that. I mean, yeah, I say they're my friends, but really, if you really press them on it they'll be like you know he's just a super huge flake he never calls if he does he makes all these plans and then breaks all of them it's just yeah i'm a uh, a bad friend now is it and a terrible person <laughs> my favorite is quitting a band oh it's the best feeling in the world all that pressure all the past arguments and fights and decisions and trying and work. And it's just like, oh yeah, I guess I forgot. I don't actually have to do this. And then you just quit and it's gone. Yeah. Oh my God. Such a relief. Well, I can't say that I've ever actually really quit a band myself in terms of just like, Hey guys, I think I'm well, okay. All right. I, I don't really have any like, scandalous or great story like there there were a couple of bands that i got asked to play mm -hmm. i don't know bass in or something right and then i just said 
you know what guys, I, I just can't commit. I'm sorry. I, you know, I, I just can't do it. And, and it was for your typical reasons in life, you know what I mean? Yeah. Just too much stuff going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, other than that though. Um, I mean, I've definitely made kind of made decisions about like if a band needs to break up or something. So you don't yeah, I may, I, you actually decree that the band. Well, I've, I'm just saying <laughs> that, that I've, I'm just saying I've kind yeah. of done that before. I've kind of said, you know, I think that this isn't working out for whatever reason, but you know what? Maybe I'm just making that up because now I can't think of a specific mm. example. I guess in my mind, I think that I'm the reason why my, my bands have broken up in the past. Perhaps that's not true because Hmm. it just became inevitable. We just kind of just imploded. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. So that's, I don't know. I guess I've never really like, I don't know. That's weird. It's it's weird that in my mind, I kind of thought that, but I guess I'm, you're, you're hearing my, um, my thoughts come to life right now. Listeners. Welcome to Dan's uh, therapy session. My therapy session. Now that we have talked about this a little bit, I think actually there's very few times I've quit a band. The committing to and then flaking out before it actually takes off, like you were talking about, yeah. I do that yeah. almost weekly. And <laughs> You join a band weekly? No, but it's, it feels like I am sending a long apologetic message to someone pretty often saying you know i think i bit off more than i can chew and yeah. I, I don't think i'm going to be able to do this yeah yeah but as far as my real bands that i've been in i think very few have actually broken up really like, they're just in limbo they're all still just sort of on a hiatus and could just start making music tomorrow if everyone involved wanted to do it well but i mean but like- i mean we've never broken up we've never said all right, we're done. Yeah, so, that's kind of that's kind of true of mine too. Actually, now that if you're gonna put it that way, then sure. Like, and that's sort of the flakiest thing you can do, right? <laughs> well, yeah, but then it's not you. It's it's the whole band that's yeah, flaking. A whole out. band of flakes. Yeah, a whole band of flakes. Snowflakes. Mm, Cornflakes. Do you remember Ace Ventura: Pet Detective? I mean, I remember it existed and the poster and i did see it once but i i don't okay. remember anything else about it uh the did uh, he come out of an elephant's butt or something that was number two when nature calls uh it wasn't an elephant's butt it was a mechanical <laughs> rhino for shitting okay dan <laughs> <laughs> that's funny that was great um okay <laughs> no uh the first one the mm-hmm. Dolphin or porpoise, as he put it, oh. uh, was named Snowflake. Oh, there's another wow movie that became a documentary yeah. to real life in the future. <laughs> but no, um, one of the cool things about Ace Ventura Pet Detective, yeah, is that Cannibal Corpse was in it for some reason. Oh, I do actually remember that scene. What an interesting, odd choice, but it turned out that. At that time, Jim Carrey was a huge fan of uh, extreme thrash metal or death metal or whatever. And he was actually on the Arsenio Hall show talking about napalm death and doing like. Oh, I remember that. And doing like a great imitation of like the singer. 
I do remember which, I'm not sure who the singer of Napalm Death would have been around that time. But was there like a YouTube, like a trash theory about that? I believe there was both a trash theory and a rock and roll true, true story. stories about okay. it. That's and, what I remember. Then. And you can also just look up the clip. Yeah. All right. I was like, why do I know about that and literally nothing else about Ace Ventura? Speaking of things that make sense and are related to something else. Wow. Why don't we get into some news, man? Okay, let's do it. Okay, so this is a shocking revelation on metal injection. Mm. Dave Mustaine peed on the White House bathroom floor once. On purpose? I had to, in quotation marks. Mm. And then <laughs> the article starts off with Megadeth just hit the road for their metal tour of the year. <laughs> Alongside Lamb of God, Trivium, and Inflames. Okay, anyway, we don't care about any of that stuff. Well, actually... Good for them. Megadeth's going on tour. Lamb of God, Trivium, and Flames. Yeah. Cool, cool, cool. That was uh, the article I had to. <laughs> so, all right. This is apparently Dave Mustaine talking. I want you guys to know that I've lived through a lot of different eras in the United States and seen different things. One thing that makes me most proud of everything here in this country is you guys. The way you are handling yourselves and the way that as the metal community... There's a lot of people that go out there and they say things and they totally embarrass themselves. I don't want you guys to know how proud I am to represent you. When I went up to the White House, I was so proud to be able to go up there and say, fuck you. You think we're stupid? We are not stupid. By the way, when I went into the White House, I went into the Royal, whatever the fuck it's called, White House bathroom, and I peed on the floor. I had to. So, yeah, then it goes on to talk about Megadeth's new album called The Sick, The Dead, and The Dying. Uh, which is coming out soon and god bless dave mustaine for still for still making music i mean that's hello that's a hell of a it's legacy. Just, me again let's be again be in urine i mean there's gotta be but who's there you go peace cells but who's buying oh man <laughs> Peeing is my business and business is good. Rust and pee. <laughs> and piss. Rust and piss. Yeah. All right. Wow, Dave. Yeah, Dave. Wait, who's, who's White House was it at the time? I know it doesn't matter, but. Is it I think it said 1992. So I think it might have been 1992. So I think it would have been. Who's I don't know. Let, let me double book? check. Uh, let me. I'm going to do some fact checking. Wait, he's here talking about peeing uh, on the floor in 1992. I think so. Let me, let me uh, double check. Uh, have some new experiences, Dave. The incident that likely occurred. Oh, likely occurred. Uh, so he doesn't give any sort of clarification, but likely occurred in 1992 when Mustaine was at the white house with the rock, the vote movement. You know, it's interesting. Oh. Hmm. You know who else visited the white house uh, during the, uh, first bush administration easy e wow i, I wonder if he took an easy piece did- <laughs> oh, you really had to go there I didn't you I had it, to go that's right great on the I, I had to i had to so okay i'm okay. gonna see if there's anything else all right uh this is kind of interesting right here um hmm. kirk cobain's 69 fender mustang Mm -hmm. uh is among several items up for auction next month which is what he used in the smells like teen spirit video 
Okay. Yeah. Maybe it's not that interesting. I don't know. It's expected oh. to receive opening bids for $600,000 to $800,000. Whoa, hold on a second. Uh-oh. Uh, other items include a skateboard with a hand-drawn image of Iron Maiden's Eddie mascot and a painting Cobain made of Michael Jackson. Wow. Now that's interesting. That's interesting because Nirvana, if you remember right, never mind, knocked Michael Jackson off the charts. Um, well, not off the charts, just to number two. Hmm. Wow. So yeah, that is interesting. I'd like to see that. I'd like to see that that picture. And then Me too. I guess the hand-drawn skateboard of Eddie on the skateboard would be cool too. Yeah, that would be cool. I wonder if it's also $800,000. <laughs> yeah, probably. I mean, if you're talking Iron Maiden and Nirvana, and then you got Michael Jackson and Nirvana, hell, I wouldn't be surprised if it's going to go, if that particular painting will go into the, uh, or drawing or whatever it is, into the millions. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. yeah. I um I found a picture of the skateboard. Uh, is it cool? Yeah, actually, it is pretty cool. What uh, the uh, Michael Jackson is not that cool. Okay, but what 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 Eddie is it that's on the skateboard? Killers. Oh, that's that's one of my favorite album covers. Yeah, actually, it's pretty cool. The Michael Jackson is not cool. Really? So it doesn't even look that good. No, Hmm. looks like they might be selling a Dodge Dart. (laughs) <laughs> a dodge dart i don't know yeah so you can okay get, so what did you yeah. do did you just google <laughs> i don't know yeah i oh, just sorry. googled uh cobain hand-drawn skateboard that was my google search cobain hand-drawn skateboard let me see here skateboard. oh i just did images sports.yahoo.com <laughs> i don't know i don't know Maybe we shouldn't just Google while we're on our podcast. Yeah, who cares? Oh, okay. I found it. I found it now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So yeah, yeah. There's the Michael Jackson. Um, that's interesting. Uh, the Iron Maiden skateboard is the best thing that could oh, ever, yeah. for sure, ever be at this auction that I can see. Mm-hmm. It's pretty cool. But uh, anyway. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We got some records to review, man. Oh yeah. Yeah. Go ahead and start it out. All right. So my first pick uh, for this week is from a um, DJ who I believe is British. Um, Correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure he's from from like somewhere in uh, London, maybe or something. Um, Tom Caruana. And forgive me if I'm saying that wrong. And it's a a record called Strange Planet original soundtrack um and i'm gonna say right off the bat this album was not what i expected Hmm. um i found it because i came across um the website hip-hop dx was talking about the best hip-hop records of 2022 so far and i saw this and it stood out to me because i really liked the cover i didn't I I thought it was an instrumental hip hop record at first. Mm-hmm. I didn't expect it to basically be a mixtape of a bunch of really interesting rappers and then kind of have it sort of center around this hip hop 
sci-fi theme kind of concept album. Um, and one of the things that I will say about this record is if you're a fan of this type of format, which I feel is kind of a, I don't want to say a dying breed, but it's, you don't really see this kind of thing so much anymore. And I think some of that is because of where we're at with hip hop, the younger generation. I mean, sound wise, this is a, a very much, uh, it's, it's very much, uh, stays, I would say for the most part, very loyal to boom bap backpacker rap but it's a very highly lyrical record there is some goofy stuff on it and i'll kind of get into that um and it's kind of what i would say uh to me it almost sounds like a mixture of like the new and the old when it comes to like maybe some of the artists that are still doing that but there's also a lot of british rappers on here which really makes a lot of sense considering that Tom Karuna is from there. And I, um, but I think that if you are a fan of sort of like the heyday of the Def Jux records and maybe some of the more like abstract sci fi concept records, I mean, Deltron and Dr. Octagon kind of come to mind right away. Also, um, records that are kind of, again, like mixtapes that you sort of would uh, have like a bunch of different rappers on like one, one record. And it's not, it's being kind of curated by like, like a DJ or a team of DJs, like handsome boy modeling school is one of the best examples. I can think of that, Mm -hmm. uh, which was a collaboration between um, Prince Paul and uh, Dan, the automator. Mm -hmm. And they just had a bunch of different, it was a showcase of a bunch of different rappers that were kind of mostly in sort of the underground at that time. This, this record really is almost, I kind of feel like probably inspired heavily by records like that. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's completely its own thing. Uh, The beats are just sick as far as I'm concerned for the most part just it's very well done and all the rappers and MCs on here uh, they're I think really well executed for the beats that they were featured on I will say that there are parts of this record that seem to have some pretty heavy MF doom influence Mm -hmm. like to the point where there's there's a couple of tracks where I legit thought that I was listening to MF doom under a different name you know, to be honest with you, that could be possible. But then I researched the rappers and found out that that wasn't the case at all. Some of the beats are actually pretty upbeat and have kind of almost like a psychedelic feel. Ole with Denmark Vesey, stuff like that. Then like one of my favorite tracks is with this guy named Willie Evans Jr. called Sandbag Veteran, which has one of my absolute favorite beats. It's just this really robotic cold sounding beat that is just kind of futuristic sounding, which again, it's kind of like, it seems to pay homage to that sort of old Def Jux kind of style, but it's through like a new lens, basically. It's, 
got a very spacey, funky sort of thing, a thing to it, kind of. I think that if you're a fan of this kind of stuff, I think you would definitely enjoy a lot of what's going on here. There's also some stuff that's like sort of jazzy, uh, like that could almost, I could almost see featured on like a tribe called quest or De La soul record pig meat with this guy named Patton is one that I can think of there. Also run, run with majestic legend. Very, very good stuff. Stranded with King cashmere. That's another, that that's one right there where I will say at first I was like, man, the, the flow he's coming in with is really reminiscent of like MF doom, especially it, it really sounded to me a lot like the Victor Vaughn side project that MF doom was a part of. Uh, but then he start, he keeps rapping more and more and you realize that this guy I think is British as well. If he's not British, then he, he sounds a lot like he is to me. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And there's a lot of kind of cinematic sort of stuff going on. Um, I wouldn't say that this record is necessarily breaking any new ground or anything. It's not like super like experimental or anything like that. There's only really a few of the rappers that I really was familiar with mm-hmm. going into this record. Like Mr. Liff is probably the one that I'm most familiar with. I actually have a couple of Mr. Liff. He actually used to be on Def Jux, but also I've heard of like Billy Woods and Prince Poe and Cosign. Um, there's a lot of lyrical references to like Beastie Boys, Wu-Tang Clan and all kinds of stuff. So clearly you can tell that a lot of these rappers kind of come from that sort of era or at least they're, they rap with that era in mind. Yeah, I mean, I think if you're a fan of lyrical concept records, again, like I said, that is kind of just like a showcase or a mixtape of different talent, I think you'll really like this. So again, going back to like Handsome Boy Modeling School, going back to like Dr. Octagon Deltron, um, another one that comes to mind for me would be the Project Polaroid record that uh, was one of my picks a while back with Cool Keith and... uh, I can't think of the producer, but that was supposed to kind of be like a sort of like a, an imaginary a soundtrack. In fact, I think it might've actually been a soundtrack to a movie that was never made. I'm not sure if this was actually supposed to be a soundtrack to something uh, like, like an actual movie, or if it's just um, kind of like a mixtape record, I'm, you know, I, I kind of have a feeling that it was supposed to just kind of, have the feeling of like there is a story going on i didn't really quite pick up on that because i was just really paying attention to like the beats and there's kind of a lot going on at the same time so yeah it's it's a very very good record if you're a fan of boom bap lyrical rap and british rap and that sort of era but also like with a lot of newer stuff kind of thrown in i think you'll really like it um what did you think eric yeah, I um I loved it. I would say that it's probably my favorite hip hop record that I've heard since Igor, since you suggested that, which oh, wow. I was really, really impressed with. Um mm-hmm. this one, uh I don't know, it just it like you said, it reminded me of things that I haven't really heard in a while. Um yeah. 
Exactly. And it's things that I really enjoyed back in the day. And not that anything overtook it or anything like that, but things just sort of, there's an ebb and flow to what's um, popular at the time, you know? But yeah, I loved every aspect of it. Musically, it was really funky and jazzy overall, but Mm -hmm. like, it reminded me a lot of like Mario C era beasties, like especially uh, ill communication. Um, Yeah. A lot of it had just, it was like jazzy samples, you know, Mm -hmm. um, that were wide open. It was also super spacey, like Mm -hmm. uh, Cool Keith, um, Dr. Octagon. The other thing I liked about it too was um, through the scratching, which there is a lot of, and it's really well done there and samples it's humorous, like Hubert, mm-hmm. you know, like if you listen to Cubert, there's jokes within the music. Like he'll use one sample to set something up and another sample to respond. And it makes a humorous moment. I think that's pretty amazing. And this is, this record's filled with it. I mean, not to say that overall there's a humorous element to this, but I think that it's there, you know, especially through Absolutely. The, the scratching and stuff. And uh, the sample choices are amazing. Another thing that has sort of fallen out of favor, but I always enjoy is like actual vocal samples from like film and TV and stuff. And this is chock full of it. Yeah, that, yeah. that's an aspect that I totally forgot to mention yeah, here. I mean, it's absolutely seems, right. It seems like that's kind of reserved for old things, like whether it be mm-hmm. industrial or hip hop or whatever, like people don't do that quite as much. It's probably coming back into vogue but it's something i truly miss i like i like film samples and dialogue samples Um, one one of the cool things sorry sorry to interrupt your your thought here eric but one of the cool things that comes to mind is um when you're talking about the vocal samples of how it sort of this isn't with a movie sample but that first track with king Mm cashmere that i was talking about is he actually raps a line about listening to Beastie Boys sabotage. And then all of a sudden there's a vocal sample of "Ah," that comes on. Like that's exactly what I was about to say. Oh, I'm sorry. Sorry. Not at all. I was going to say though. Yeah. Speaking of samples, I think that was the moment where I like, I leaned in a little bit, Yeah, you know, to listen harder. I thought that was super smart. And, um, and I think it's cool. Uh, The other sample that really got me there's a song called where were you Mm -hmm. um and it has that burundi beat which i've talked about in the past like with the um malcolm mclaren and bow wow wow and yeah adam and adam and the ants i think that the drum beat on where were you is um from adam and the ants and so that just lends itself to this very britishness of everything you know yes lyrically it's super smart funny super nerdy um yep and lots and lots of guests most of which seem to be british which i absolutely love there's a uh timbre and a tone and a delivery from british rappers that i just adore so same here same here yeah, i love it. overall super fun and funky and innovative but also kind of a throwback and also kind of minimal and atmospheric and trippy at times too. So absolutely, it has a lot going on. And I, I mean, I don't have to keep saying this, but I will. I don't have the background in hip hop necessary to cite a lot of things. But when I hear something I really like, 
I have no problem being able to say that this is really super amazing. And I think just about anyone would, would really enjoy this. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, speaking of things, <laughs> I can go into my choice for yeah the record. Cherry Cheeks. Cherry Cheeks. It's a self-titled. It came out in 2021. Uh, this is a one-person band from Portland, Oregon, I would assume. The artist goes by the name Kyle Harms. What this is is super fun, spazzy punk rock. And, you know, I have been saying the word spazzy my entire life. And I've never thought about the fact that there might be sort of an ableist connotation to that. And I just want everyone to know that I don't mean anything like that in the slightest. And so uh, I just wanted to say that, like to clear my conscience that I do say spazzy and I probably will continue to say spazzy, but I, I don't mean anything other than just a little uh, wild, a little out of control and a little too fun for its own good. That's usually what I mean. Um, but anyway, with that out of the way, uh, this is, I, I don't know exactly how to describe this. Okay, it's very angular, like very, very angular, like geometric levels, <laughs> you know, like very staccato, very fast punk rock, but super fun. Musically, a lot like Devo, a lot like Tubeway Army, a little like Buzzcocks, a lot like Jay Retard. A little like Men's Recovery, <laughs> quite a bit like Poly 6, and maybe just a little like Fugazi, okay? And so that's a lot of things I just threw out there, but I think all of it really does apply. And I would say that most people would consider this sort of like Devo worship stuff. The difference is that the synths are used pretty minimally like there are synthesizers probably on almost every song but they're not the main thing and they're not going crazy the whole time this is like more like jay retard where it's like overly aggressive pop punk in a sense but the way the synths are used i think saves it from being a pure devo worship band they have a lot of organ which is a lot of fun it adds a wild sort of mummies element to it all and little question mark and the Mysterians kind of weirdness vibe. Um, yeah, most of the vocals, here's the thing, this is where the, where it really kind of takes shape for me. Most of the vocals are spoken versus being sung or maybe even shouted a little bit sometimes, but it has a really nice effect overall. It kind of comes off almost like Sleaford mods like the mm -hmm. delivery of the vocals or even like Ian Mackay, like Fugazi kind of spoken, you know, like it's not quite singing a lot of times. And this is going to sound weird, but a lot of it reminds me of Ramon's background vocals. <laughs> like when Dee Dee sings background, mm. that's how I think the main vocals on Cherry Cheeks sort of sounds. But yeah. So I know I just threw a bunch of different stuff at you, but at its core, I mean, this is just spazzy punk. Devo influenced with a lot of melody and a lot of fun. It's a short little thing. It's only like 25 minutes and you can have a lot of fun going crazy to it. So yeah. What'd you think, Dan? 
yeah, this record was absolutely a blast. Yeah, there's not really much I can add to your um, description there, Eric. It's pretty much exactly how I felt about it. I'm pretty blown away that it's a one-man band. I did not realize yeah, that. I didn't realize that till today when I did a little bit of research. I would have assumed it was a full band for sure. But. Now, is it a a drum machine he's using or is he actually playing a drum kit? You know, you know, I never even thought about it until I discovered it was one person. Mm-hmm. Um, I assumed it was real drums, mm-hmm. but then again, yeah. everything is so the production is so clean and chopped and gated that it's, it nearly is impossible to tell even what is a synthesizer versus a guitar, let alone a real drum versus a fake drum. So that's one of the, one of the things that I really, really that kind of blew me away about it is that there were times where I'd be listening to a song and I'd kind of have to be like, wait a minute, is that a guitar or is that a synthesizer that's going on? I'm not saying that other bands with synthesizers don't do this, Mm -hmm. but he really seemed to kind of use the synthesizer almost as another guitar. Yeah. It's (laughs) very hidden. Yeah, it's it's yeah. very hidden. And that's I think you're totally on the money about how the synths are kind of I don't even want to say an afterthought, but it's not the first thing that you hear. Right. You yeah. know, it's, it's and in sort this of like, music. A lot of times it is. I mean, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Sure. And yeah, I would definitely. Yeah. Like the bands I wrote down were like Devo, mm-hmm. Brainiac. Oh, yeah. Early Black Flag. Like, yeah, particularly uh des cadena's vocals right um, right yeah for sure sounded a lot like that to me mm-hmm. and then ty siegel a little bit but especially as you mentioned jay Riotard. yeah like this honestly if this was playing on the radio and i didn't know who it was i would think it's an old jay Riotard right. uh mm-hmm. record at times and that's not it's not a bad thing it's just the mechanical sort of like you said staccato-ness of it mm-hmm is very much the way that Jay Riotard used to play. Also, like, Jay Riotard used to record a lot of his albums on his own as a one, one-man one band himself, actually. Right. And so I don't know if there is some Jay Riotard, like, inspiration here, but, you know, it definitely, yeah. like, sounds like it, and that's think, not a bad thing at yeah. all. His vocals, out of everybody who we listed, like, you mentioned the Ian McKay uh, situation sounded a lot like Jay Riotard to me. Um, yeah. Sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. And then there are, there are other times where, like you said, a spoken word type thing. I even got like when they get a little heavy and psychedelic, like ween vibes at time, like God ween Satan ish type stuff, you know, early ween, you know, that sort of, but it's not nearly as low fi as all of that right. stuff. Yeah. But the riffs, are so good like they're so robotic it doesn't even sound like it's played by humans right. most of the or a human being i guess and the one thing that i really liked too was that the first song i guess i should say what i like first and then i'll give the example what i really liked was it becomes very obvious very early on that they know that all the songs sound exactly alike the first song gets over and the second song starts and you literally don't know it's a new song until the third (laughs) chord when it changes. Like the first two chords of the song coming out of the first song, you don't know it's a different song. That's super funny. It means they're self-aware and it means they know 
exactly what they're doing. And the other element of that, the bookend of that is the only fade on the entire album that I noticed or remember was at the very end of the album. So you're left with this sort of like calming moment at the end that never happens the rest of the time. And mm. it, I just think it's a really well-constructed record. And I think sometimes with music that is this specific and in your face, it it's hard to hear those subtleties. It's really, really well thought out and really well done. Very fun, spacey synth stuff. If you're into that kind of stuff, check it out. I think if this project plays live or if there's like a full band version of it that plays live, plays the stuff live, it would be such a blast to see live. Oh yeah. It'd be crazy. That's it would, sure. it would be <laughs> crazy. I almost think like they would have to put on like a, like a man or Astro man level presentation <laughs> yeah. or something right. like, yeah. cause there's just so much like going on in the music yet. It's kind of weirdly deceptively simplistic right. or something. Yep. You yeah. Know? Which is something you could say definitely about Jay retard and, and Devo. You hear it and you're like, okay, yeah, I get it. That's really simple and straightforward. And then you're like, oh, wow. They just did something really amazing. So yeah, Cherry Cheek self-titled. This is a really, really great record. Mm -hmm. um, great pick. This is actually probably one of my favorite picks that, yeah, I love it. This is one of one of my favorite picks you picked, Eric. Nice. But, all right, so the local band that we're going to cover today is this project called Hot Sorry. And the name of the record is Noun Party. You could find this at hotsari.bandcamp.com. And just like most of the local stuff, uh, I found it while searching Bandcamp and the tags. And this is a project out of Iowa City and in a much in the same, much like sound science, it's a complete mystery who this <laughs> is that's doing this um so this is uh very much i would i would say a very well executed indie rock ep but there's you know a little more to it than that it's it's definitely got some electronic sounds intertwined with the indie rockness it's got kind of a playful lo-fi feel which if you read the description that kind of seems to be what they were going for and um some of the stuff on here it Kind of reminds me a little bit of like Death Cab for Cutie. Kind of like a bedroom pop feel, like almost like a Mates of State or Tilly in the Wall type situation. Sometimes even like a Bright Eyes type thing or something. Mm -hmm. um, and I think it definitely, I think it uses a drum machine. Uh, but again, I'm not 100% sure. Um there's also quite a bit of new wave influence here. Like there legitimately was a song that reminded me of simple minds hmm. and some of it <laughs> even sounds a bit reminded me of sound science a little bit. It kind of had like a, I, I would say it's definitely a little uh, quite a bit more conventional than what sound science does uh, not in a bad way, but, and also way more new wavy, uh, yeah, that's kind of how I would describe this. It's just a fun little sort of indie pop record. Um, the uh, As far as like the um, songs themselves, 
really well sung, really well sort of put together, but there's also like a looseness to it that I kind of like, almost like a childlikeness to it that I really appreciated. I don't think some of the stuff wouldn't sound out of place on like K records or something like that. If you're into that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. that's kind of what I got from this hot, sorry thing. And I have no info at all about who, who these people are. Me um, neither. And like, they don't seem to have an Instagram. They don't seem to have a Facebook and all they've got is this band camp. And I kind of wonder if that's what they're kind of going for is anonymity, which I think would be totally awesome if that's the situation. Yeah. But if by any chance you are in hot, sorry, or a part of hot, hot, sorry, or you listen to this and you happen to know somebody who is track them down for us. We'd, we'd like to have a word with them. Yeah. Uh, what did you think, Eric? <laughs> you're not in trouble. Hot you're, yeah. You're, I, um, I liked it a lot. I, I had no idea what to expect. Um, the cover art is a piece of spiral bound lined paper ripped out of the notebook. And it says hot, sorry, noun party, exclamation point, written in Sharpie and has a smiley face next to it. <laughs> so yeah, when I saw yeah. the cover art, I thought, I don't know what to think of that, but right. Um, it makes sense when you listen to it. So yeah, I liked it. Uh, technically, I would say that I think this is sort of like singer songwriter slash like freak folk, maybe. Yeah, uh, that's a that's a really good ex- good description. That probably yeah. does it better justice than well. What I think I, what, what I said. you said too. <laughs> I mean, it's somewhere in the middle of all that. So sure, I do think that the the song structure and performances are a little more interesting than standard kind of singer songwriter stuff. Um, and I do Agreed. think there's a bit of an outsider element to it. Um, some of it reminded me of like Daniel Johnston. Um, mm-hmm. And so I, I think that adds an element of fun to it, but also an element of sort of, I don't know how to say it, uh, melancholy to the mm-hmm. whole thing too. Gloominess. Um, yeah, I I really loved the instrumentation. Um, what it reminded me of when I was young and I was making tapes, making music, I would just grab whatever was next to me, and if I needed a drum sound, I just grabbed the Casio. If I needed, mm-hmm. you know, and this kind of feels like that. Not all the time. I mean, some of it's very well thought out and orchestrated and arranged, but some of the time it's like a lot of Casio, a lot of Casio tones, but that's fun. It makes it not seem so serious. Even, even if sometimes the songs, like I said, are sort of somber, they, there's a underlying sadness to it, but none, none of that is overt. None of it is Mm -hmm. made to make you sad, but it's just this, like the melodies and the way that the songs work. They just have this yeah, sort of melancholy to it. There's some really well-hidden, great guitar playing throughout. There's a lot of classical kind of finger-picked guitar happening. And actually there are a few sort of guitar solos too, but because of the arrangements, it never really goes into the traditional use of a guitar solo. Uh, so 
like you might have a moment where almost everything is dropped out and there's a guitar solo that over a rock song would be, I mean, very much like rock music, you know, but it doesn't work that way in here because of the way the other, the rest of the arrangements put together. The other thing I really liked was the vocals. I think a lot of the things that Dan mentioned, especially uh, Bright Eyes, I think that most people making this kind of music tend to over emote and they get real whiny and they're pushing the sadness through their voice and trying to sound very um, affected by <laughs> what they're going through and whatnot. That's not how the vocals work for Hot Sorry. The vocals are soft and that doesn't mean they're quiet. It just means that they're there's a softness to them, but they're also strong because of that. It reminded me of singers like Paul Simon or Neil Young or even like David Byrne, maybe, who use that softness. That's where the strength comes from, you know? And so I really, I really did enjoy the vocals on this. Um, but yeah, uh, everything I'm describing. I, I'm sure it sounds like, wow, that sounds kind of sad and stuff. It's not like that at all. There's literally a song uh, about the the person's cat. So right. like I, I, it is sort of this fun middle ground between amazing songs, amazing songwriting, and then just complete irreverence as far as some of the instrumentation and, and, and subject matter. And it just, it, it was, it's a lot of fun. It's a, it's a fun little record to listen to. And I think it's really well done. So. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Iowa city. You're killing it, man. Yeah. I see. <laughs> I hear. I see. I see you pee. Well, I'm going to skip the shows this week. And the reason is, is I just don't have any, I looked, uh, all the social media I follow, I tried to find shows and it, uh, there just wasn't. Maybe people wanted to take some time off after Mission Creek. I don't know. But going forward, I'm going to keep doing it. Um, but I would really love to hear from some people uh, about upcoming shows. If you have a show coming up, just send me a quick message and I'll be sure to mention it on the show. Um, and obviously that will result in ones of fives of people coming to your show probably so mm -hmm. i mean totally worth it um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh let me know when you have shows coming up and if you run a venue uh send me a link to where i can find them and i'll be sure to mention it's like come on free promotion Jeez there louise. you go Jeez also <laughs> geez louise also as usual uh if there's an artist that you feel like should be covered, an album that should be covered, let us know. Um, just like, you know, let us know about the shows. Also, I want to mention uh, the YouTube channel is back from the dead. Yeah. Um, so the uh, new video is a review of Fife Dog Forever, the posthumous record from Fife Dog from the wonderful amazing tribe called quest and it's up on youtube now so go over there and listen to some more stuff from yeah. us listen to us talking some more and wow what only freak. this time this time you can like and subscribe and leave a comment all at the same time whoa oh yeah 
you guys should leave some really mean comments. Yes. That would be awesome. Although I do believe that the dislike button is disabled on YouTube still. So oh, man. You can so, ironically yeah. like it. Yeah, like, I'm clicking like, but I actually think it blows. Ironically like it, so that way we can get ironically in higher up in the algorithm. <laughs> yeah. Ironically. Yeah. Yeah, our success is ironic. Ironic. Isn't it ironic? Don't you think? A little too ironic. Uh, no, just ironic. <laughs> <enough>. <laughs> Oh, geez. Well, oh, folks, I think that's our cue, man. Yeah. yeah. Um, if we sing Atlantis, it's it's over. It's it's over. Okay. Uh, yeah. Woo. All right. We got to get going. Ladies and gentlemen, have a great week. Bye. 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 <laughs>